Welcome back to another episode of Direct Response Secrets. I'm your host, Zachary J. Radford. Now, when it comes to the world of design, we all have different ideas of what looks good, what feels good, what converts in and out of our business. Today, I have a very special guest, uh, Christian Mora, and this individual, when it comes to design, hands down designed some of the most attractive looking websites and funnels I have ever seen. He runs the agency Love Pixel Agency, and to say that they put love into their projects is an absolute understatement. Having him on the show was an absolute pleasure. If you want to understand design more and how that can impact and grow your brand, you're going to want to listen to this episode. And if, depending on where you're listening to this, make sure you rate and subscribe to the show. And so I can keep bringing you these amazing guests. All right, enough said, let's get into the episode. Are you a service-based business and you're sick and tired of constantly chasing clients, the feast and famine of trying to build your service-based business, or perhaps you're busy with all the employees and managing all the inner workings of your business and it's driving you absolutely insane? Well, I want to talk to you. I have something special that I'm working on. Reach out to me at Zach at ProfitableAds.com and that's Z-A-C-H at ProfitableAds.com and I'll share all the details with you. Essentially, my new project is going to be dedicated to helping service providers uncover the one thing that they're truly missing in their business, leverage, baby. I'm going to show you how to get leverage into your business, into your life, make more money, spend more time doing the things you like, and ultimately growing and scaling your business and or moving it around to fit your lifestyle. Again, reach out to me. It's Zach or reply to the the email that I sent you with this episode. Again, my email is Zach, Z-A-C-H, at ProfitableAds.com. All right, let's get into the episode. All right, welcome back to another episode. I have a special guest for you today, Christian Mora. And essentially when it comes to website design, funnel design, I have not yet met a person that wants to infuse love and passion into these projects like this gentleman. And I'm so grateful that I have you on the show. Let's talk about some design. Christian, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much. Super excited to be here, Zach. So you obviously didn't wake up one day, this design genius creating all these funnels, which are beautiful, by the way. Um, how did you get your start in this journey? And what does that look like for you, my friend? Yeah, so my journey starts in Germany. So born and raised in Germany. I've been now live in the States, Naples, Florida. Um, beautiful down here. And but yeah, born and raised in Germany, grew up in a small town outside of Regensburg, which is about hundred miles north of Munich, which, you know, a lot of people know Munich, so they know where that is, uh, Bavaria. And so yeah, I grew up on a countryside in Germany and I've always was interested in what makes people happy and the reason why i was interested in that was because i grew up in an entrepreneurial family my dad had his own business and he always seemed a little like stressed out in the summertime because that was the season of our business where it's the most busiest because yeah. uh, we, we trade with mushrooms so we buy mushrooms from eastern europe and we sell them 
in uh, Germany to like gastronomies and restaurants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, always helping my parents out, obviously, since a little age. And you, you pick up their energies and where they're at. And I'm just like, why is this guy not happy? You know, he has everything that that he needs or that he wants. But it seems like just not like this. There's this thing in the air or on him. It's just like weird thing. It's like, what is it? I know it? exactly what you're talking about, my friend. But yeah. Yeah. So what is it that, that, that doesn't make him happy? What is it? There has to be more to life than making has having a busy business and, and, and uh, you know profitable business and mm-hmm. uh, what is it so that's always kind of what got me started thinking more about life i would say from a little age um and then i just read- deep that's pretty deep for someone who's young and thinking like that because those are big questions too uh, i didn't even start thinking about those until i was like in my 20s i built my own little trap and i was like how do i get to the top of this mountain <laughs> you know what i mean so so you had some foresight there, which is which is great. Yeah, and it's true. You know, like we, those mountains that we that we decide to climb, like are they really? Oh, great view, but now what? You know, it's like it feels like that's a recurring like spiritual or like physical journey that we go through. It's like yeah. okay, what's okay, cool, done. What's next? It's like we need to learn that really to enjoy the journey more, which is like again the cliche thing. Um, but yeah, we need to learn to enjoy the moment, to enjoy the journey, because that's oh, really smell the roses. <laughs> so, yeah, after I graduated from high school, I went to Munich to study international business. I was like, you know, super ambitious and motivated, and I was like, well, let me. I want to work at Google because that's the place where everybody's happy, right? So I applied for an internship. I got the internship, did everything I could, and I got it. It was like fantastic. You know, my life is complete. Again, for how long? Um, <laughs> and I just, you know, started. I started working in, in the sales department for AdWords, AdWords Sales, and I was cool. like, okay, awesome. I like this. Uh, people are creative. People are sharp. This is a great environment. But still, seemed like something was missing, even for those people. You know, they had a great team. They had a great dynamic. It was like, what? There has to be more. Like, where, where, where are you? Where's your essence? Where's your creativity? Where's your genius? You know, yep. and Back then, I was just such an such an artist and such a free spirit and rebel. I just wanted to leave a mark and a message in the world, right? Yeah. And uh, started to doing these posted art works. And it was at the time that Steve Jobs passed away. I think it was two thousand one. I don't remember. No, not two thousand eleven. Uh, I think eleven. Yeah. Doesn't allowed. And I did this artwork with post-its where I made his face out of sticky notes. On uh, an Apple store, uh, you know how that was. always had these like glass windows. Yeah, beautiful like palatial glass buildings. <laughs> so I photoshopped Steve Jobs' face, I posterized or pixelated his face, like basically low resolution stuff, and made sure it only has three colors: blue, green, and yellow. And I made his face out of these three colors, and that was really like what a way to leave a message, like what a way to express your art and how you truly feel feel about a person and um, that w- went viral on Mashable and like got featured on a couple of blogs and you know all the all the Apple fans and that for me was like wow I can have an impact on the world look at my look at yeah. little me little Christian being the artist being being the guy who who tells the world the message um now from Aaron, that stuck with me and I was like you just have to create something that doesn't exist 
all the time in a way, you know? You're an artist. Like that yeah. sounds like you're doing and you get that passion just from creating and adding that value and that excitement. And I have something similar in, in my life when it comes to creating copy and stuff. Like I get that fire is like the best way I describe it. But um, that that's that's cool, man. So how did how did you go from working at Google to now you own uh, Love Pixel Agency and uh, ClickFunnels Design Tools? How, how, how did you get to, to this stage here? So um, what was the inspiration? I went from working at Google to then finishing my studies. I went back to Google one more time for a second internship because it wasn't a full-time application. It was just an internship. Um, in a different department. I was like, well, maybe this was department that wasn't didn't quite hit it, but I had the same or similar experience in, in my second internship where I was meeting people and it's like, they're not ha like happy. Like they're not, they're missing, where's yeah. the spark? Where's their genius? You know, I know you have the genius, especially at Google. If you're here, you have to have it. You know, you have yes. to at least be more on the path on it than, you know, the average person. Yep. And I didn't find it there either. I was like, okay, I have to keep looking. Like, I can't settle at a corporate career. So I finished my studies and I said, I have to travel. I have to keep more asking more about this topic. So I went on a road trip across the United States. I asked 1,000 people, what makes them happy on kind of like a paper thing. So and cool, man. <laughs> it was called happiness101.net website. I think it's still up. Um, and that was the first time when I got in touch with like, okay, how to build websites, how to build brands, like how to generate like visibility in people's uh, or in the world. Mm -hmm. And so with that, um, with that insight from that survey, basically of 1000 people, I found out that people above average happy um, were pulling, you know, happiness out of hobbies and playtime, family and friends and spirituality. Those were the things that people who were above average happy um, invested most of our time in. And I was like, that's interesting. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't seem money and this and that. And it seems like these more intangible values were quite important in human beings' lives, you know? So yes. that was the time where I really started diving to spirituality. And after that road trip, I was like, I'm still not done here. I have to, like, go deeper. You know, I was like, so I kept on traveling. And I was. it was a time where, like, digital nomadism was, like, very hip and in. Now it's yep. like almost mainstream. And I traveled to Bali, lived with a shaman, you know, went to co-working spaces, hung out with cool people. And just, I just saw that it's possible to live this lifestyle of like completely remote and doing what you love. And yep. that's when I started my career as a freelancer, um, freelancer for web design. And because I was like, what can you do from anywhere that people need? And it's fun. It's like design. It's like, okay, yep. web, fantastic. I love the combination of functionality and design. Um, because yeah, if something is just beautiful, it doesn't really do anything. It's like, yeah, okay. But if something is just functional and ugly, nobody's going to use it. You know, so functionality matters, man. Utility matters. <laughs> 100%. So yeah, it come like web design, web design really combined these two, uh, fields very well for me. And yeah, coming back from Bali, I was just ready to go all into my design, web design career. And yeah, it was entirely self-taught. So I didn't study design and um, it was a cool journey. It's just looking looking to create an epic solution for somebody that needs a solution and making it beautiful, very simple, you know? That's, uh, you make it sound simple, but I'm sure there's a lot of little pieces in there. Even getting the job at Google or the internship, 
that was probably no easy task. And uh, it's funny how looking back, things kind of make sense. And I had very similar experience in the corporate world. I thought if I went and got a job at the largest agency here in Canada, they did hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue and it was going to be super cool. And I could get into the advertising and learn all of these things. What I found was totally different. I found a lot of people without personality necessarily. And, and it was kind of frowned upon to think outside of the box. It's very much like, this is our box. You need to think inside of this. And I don't do well in there. And it sounds like you didn't do well there either. So you, you go, uh, you, like, you got to tell me more about the shaman. What was going on in Bali? Like, so you went just like free love and peace and, and living it up. And how long were you in Bali with the, like the digital nomad stuff? What did that look like? So I was in Bali for six months and then I went to India and Nepal for another month. Um, oh, nice. It was a very, very, very spiritual quest of self-discovery, meditation, herbalism, like making your own tinctures and elixirs. And I mean, there's so much. Like we could make it a hot, but it's my spiritual side of myself because yeah, spirituality is such a big part of my life. And it's what really grounds me, what keeps me um what keeps me balanced. I mean, yeah, you need the finance side, you need the like worldly side, like stuff in form, like luck and yada yada. I, I always say like the root chakra side of things. But you also want this like intangible connection, love, expression, like these mm -hmm. intangible things are so elemental to human beings, you know? Hit. I don't know if you find this, but I find when I'm in that zone of of, of love and, and creating, just everything in my life gets a thousand times better. Like I, I, I can't undersell how important it is. If I'm waking up and I feel that feeling of like, almost feels like I'm on fire, just like excitement, uh, not in a nervous way, but in I'm looking forward to everything that's going to happen today. Like I meet I, when I meet people, I get more stuff done. I'm more creative. I'm writing better. I'm thinking better. And I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. And how does love play into everything that you're creating? Well, we're going to talk about Love Pixel and the stuff that you created, and we'll connect that dot. But how does love really impact that overall production uh, of the, the the rooted side of, of, uh, of business for you? All right. So let me let me first take a step back or rewind a little bit back sure. to like, Bali where I made the connection from happiness to love because sure. I was like my entire life I was looking for like happiness like outside of myself but then in Bali is like where I discovered that it's not outside of yourself it's like inside you can just start yes. looking peace within love within like I discovered love as the essential value or common denominator of all beings not just human beings you know mm -hmm. so. That's why love is such a big word for me uh, in my life. And obviously with love, it's not the relationship love. Like it's it's just the the, the thread that connects us all. Um, yeah. So would yeah. You call it, would you call it a mindset? Would you call it, because uh, it's more than an emotion for me personally. It's like it affects the way I think uh, and feel and produce all it's like like you're saying like a thread it's interconnected to everything that i'm creating and what i'm doing so do you, do you find yeah, thing in your life? i would call it the best description is kind of like a frequency frequency that's that's perfect and when i'm tuned into that things get a lot easier for like and the listeners probably like well what is that what does that mean like i still stub my toe i still break things i still drop things i still make a mess of things 
but it hurts less if that makes sense i don't know yeah well it's because ultimately our experience is through the mind right yes so if your mindset if your frequency is one of a little bit more exalted or elevated one then even if you break something you're like yeah okay i broke something or you know, I broke my arm or hurt, hurt myself, but it's not the end of the world. But if you're already in the negative mindset and then something happens, that just like accelerates the downward spiral. So yeah. hundred percent. And I notice if I'm in a really good, I find myself pulling my, like my biggest thing that I struggle with is that I'll be in this great state and then I get around other people that are not. And then, so I kind of just hide it a little bit <laughs> because I don't want them to think like everything, like, you know, I don't know why that is maybe something inside of me, but I just don't want to make them feel bad. And, uh, and I noticed like the, the average state uh, of people is, is actually kind of lower. And when I connect with someone at a higher state, I really feel it. And I'm like, it really makes a difference because you just don't even have to say certain things because they're just understood. Um, and, and I wasn't always in this state, which is the weird thing. I started off from like the very bottom, <laughs> like as low of a state you could possibly be. And I grew up in the hood and I like it had a very rough childhood growing up. So this was developed over years and, and trying to understand. And yeah, no, I, I, I think your state of mind and being is is success at the end of the day. Because why do you want all those dead presidents on, on paper for, right? So you can buy a life that you dream of. It's not in the house. It's not in the car. It's not in that stuff. It's, it starts inside. And once you realize that, that is extremely valuable because then nobody can really take it from you. You could lose everything that you have in the physical world and still have that and bring that out to, you know, and still feel okay about it. I think that's, there's, there's something that is spiritual and that feels good, uh, as, as a human to be able to kind of, to lean on that. Um, so before we get too abstract and that type of stuff, how do we bring, how do we go from Bali then to bringing into this amazing, amazing agency? And like, I, to the listener, I can't stress enough, like the, the level of designs that you're doing, I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh my God, these things are phenomenal. Like I, I want to get inside of that and understand how you think about design and, and, and how you use your, the, the love and that energy into creating some of these things. So how did you even get started in the agency and, and what does that look like? Yeah. So from freelance digital nomad life you know, discovering that love is the essence. I was like, I have to, or I want to create an agency. I want, I want to make this skill set bigger than just myself. So let me create an agency. And I called it Love Pixel, you know, because love is such an essential value. And then Pixel is the perfect, you know, reflection of what we do in the digital world at all times, because everything is pixels. And <laughs> so... Basically, what we do at Love Pixel Agency is to make love tangible. And roll that out a little bit for us. What does that look like from a digital perspective? Let's say I'm a client and I hear that now, like, that's cool. What what does that physically get me as one of your clients and customers? So I think the biggest or overlooked component in sales. Well, maybe not overlooked, but a lot of times it's not the number one. It's probably overlooked. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like the emotional connection you, you have with your visitors or readers or, you know, just people who interact with your brand. Yeah. Um, because once you have the emotion, you have the re people relate to you. They like you. They, you know, like when, when I see a good design, I was like, oh, somebody took the time to create something nice that I get to visit or see. 
you know, yep. versus somebody threw something together in 10 minutes and wants me to spend a hundred dollars. I'm like, bro. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I got, I got $50. I, I need this funnel. Come on, man. Let's make this work. It's like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's where in terms of like making love tangible, that's really like, how can you infu- infuse your design, your copy, your messaging, your sales, your ads, your, your everything. How can you infuse that with, more loves like it's it's you can apply that principle to anything yeah and i think it's really yeah just ask you that question and i mean like uh i'm trying to be like on the practical side too for the logical listeners who are in tune into the love as much as you and i are but it's like uh attention to detail at the highest level essentially and not skipping any steps and doing quality work that just strings excellence. You know what I mean? Like that's what I see when I look at your stuff. I'm like, wow, this guy is absolutely talented. I was just on the Love Pixel website and you have this graphic of like click funnels and all these things coming into this cog and then spitting out all the things that you want. I was like, dude, I don't even know how you make something like that. Like that is, that's cool. It looks good. And from a marketing perspective, I get it. Do you know what I mean? Like just, uh, I see one image or, or one gift that is, that is running and I understand, oh, okay, so they can take these platforms and turn those into dollars, likes, and everything else that I desire. This is a great little piece of marketing I noticed on your website before we hopped on the call, man. All right, let's get into a little bit more of the uh, design and branding stuff. Why do you think design is so crucial in today's digital landscape? Does it help you stand out? Is it uh, just putting your spin on it. What is it to you and, and how, how crucial is it today? Yeah, I think it comes back to what's the goal that you try to have people take on a piece of digital, whether it's a flyer or whether it's a website or a funnel. Um, creating familiarity and relatability through design is you know, basically design is what copywriting is for text, you know, but design is like for the layout, right? Mm-hmm. So you can create a connection through the visual layout, boom, you won one of the boxes. If you can also check the copywriting box, fantastic, you know? So it's really about increasing conversion and connection with anyone who visits the site. That, that makes total sense. <clears throat> and as you were speaking, it reminded me of this story. So I had uh, somebody come work for me and my design when I, when we were doing our agency at first was atrocious. Like if you go to the Wayback machine and you look at profitable ads, it is so bad. But he said something to me that kind of stuck with me. He's like, Zach, you're the type of guy that could walk into a bank with no shoes on, no shirt on and still get the loan. And he's like, what you need is the design is like the, the Ferrari or the Porsche you know, you, it's just your presence before they see you. He's like, if you can make this work, you can totally make this better brand work. So, um, can you can you succeed without design? Barely <laughs> is a crucial. I think it is um, because what is a first impression to you, right? Like, I, I see your brand. The first thing I think uh, you messaged me, and I looked at your brand. I was like. This guy knows what he's doing. It, it looks very good. It's all well to do. I looked at your uh, your funnel design. Is it Click Funnel Design Hacks? CFDesignHacks.com. CFDesignHacks.com. Check it out. It's absolutely amazing site. The other one is Love Pixel Agency. 
And you have portfolios for days. So there's tons of stuff to look at. But I just saw that and I was like, wow, instantly puts you in a different threshold in my mind of somebody who is talented and knows what they're doing. So that's kind of how I look at it. Do you see the same way as it being like that crucial for and you work with coaches, a lot of coaches, right? And agencies and stuff like that. What is their biggest problem that you see when they come to you? I think, yeah, I mean, it comes back to like positioning, how you're seen. And if you have good design, that's instant credibility, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, coming back to, I don't think like something without design doesn't work. You know, I think there's plenty of things that do work, you know, as, as long as it's as long as the value of the offer is good enough, you don't need design. Yep. Right. But in a marketplace that gets, you know, more and more crowded and more and more, you know, free this, free that, uh, you have to make sure you like stand out with your offer. And that's where design comes in. And yeah, as as you said, it's it's that piece of like instant, like, oh yeah, this is it. Like I'm gonna continue stuff on the side because this seems worth my time, not just somebody that puts crap in front of my face. A hundred percent. And it's night and day. Like the, the thing with a good offer is that it can be knocked off fairly easily, but you combine a good offer with good design. You're going to really make something happen with your messaging. And it becomes kind of like your ethos and your brand and everything you're building. When you're working with um, these consultants, coaches, and agencies, and that's primarily who you serve, right? Yeah, we we work primarily with uh, personal brands, like authors, speakers, coaches. Love it. Love it. My audience is, is filled with that as well. So this is absolutely great. You guys should definitely check him out in, in, his, in his businesses. But um, can you give us an example of how design has impacted uh, one of your clients? You don't have to give names or anything, but uh, just a story maybe about how it has positively impacted their business overall. Yeah, Absolutely. So when people come to us, they usually are in some sort of established state of like, okay, they have an audience, they have an email list. Um, but what they're struggling with is their positioning, right? So if somebody comes to us and they have some sort of general or like a, a plain Squarespace or, you know, a WordPress that they've set up previously, they come to us to really be the industry leader in their industry. For example, a good example is lauradon.co. She's a leader in the plant medicine space and she really does beautiful work and um, you know just does a lot of facilitation work in the plant medicine space and helping to elevate the consciousness that way of our planet so a lot of our projects and um, clients are actually in the conscious space because the name attracts that type of clientele right like we come to us because they know they will be taken care of and we serve the greater good in a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It it makes sense. It's it's on it's on brand for who you should be attracting for sure. Like it just so it just makes total sense that you have that alignment with those types of clients instantly. And I get that the second that I look at uh, your your website and and, uh, and get that vibe. Speaking of websites, just in case somebody doesn't know much about design, what in your opinion, what's the difference between a funnel and a website, and when should I have? one of each <laughs> yeah so a website is usually more a general thing right it houses multiple things multiple offers multiple call to actions and a funnel usually is about one call to action or a, you know what a funnel really is is a series of sites that you know leads people to a certain you know action that you want them to take 
and can be consist of multiple actions like buy this offer, here's an upsell, downsell, there's a thank you, your next step. So it's more of a sequential um, flow with a funnel versus a website allows people to just like browse around, click here, click there, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, read blog articles and, you know, build your SEO reputation and rank for certain keywords. So yeah, there's also, I mean, it's, website is a little bit more similar to what Russell Brunson also calls um, the funnel hub, you know, because yeah. Russell for the longest, for the longest, for the longest time said, um, well, we don't, you don't need a website. You just need a funnel. Yeah. You know? But now it seems like since last year, he's like backpaddled on that a little bit and be like, you know, you should have a funnel hub, you know, yeah. which Cause it makes, benefited it. I, I am all for us. Like the people who come to us really, they want this funnel hub or website because it's just the foundation of what everything else leads to. It's kind of like the soil and the multiple plants growing or multiple offers, you know, like splitting off there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And we have as human beings, you know, just like, as one person, like you don't only create one thing all the time, you know, you have like yeah, have a group, you have this program, that program, maybe an, an in-person event, like you have a offer suite and for those, for that offer suite to be housed somewhere, your website is the best place, right? A hundred percent because what you'll end up with is a bunch of different funnels and then you still need that, that funnel hub to bring everything together and have that zone. And I find just out of my experience that having a website, WordPress from a blogging standpoint works so much better in the search engine than anything that I ever had with uh, fully click funnels. Because when I first started my agency, I was 100% click funnels and that was it. And I really, it, it, it's great if you're running advertising, but other than that, you're missing out on SEO and you're missing out on all these other little things that you could be doing that would make sense. Uh, when it comes to a funnel builder platform, and we're talking a little bit about platforms before we got started, do you have a favorite or a go-to that that you are, are using right now? And, and what do you normally recommend to people when they're getting started with a funnel? So for a funnel building, the best platform currently on the market, in my opinion, is uh, Go High Level, just because it allows for different integrations, all the automations work great. Um, ClickFunnels 2.0, their launch, I mean, the platform looks good, but their launch was a little bit disappointing because um, even after a year of launch now, it's 2023, I feel a lot of the features that, that were promised are not delivered. So yeah. that for me was a little disappointing. You know, for, from a company that makes, you know, hundreds of millions of monthly recurring revenue, they, they're like, you know, you can't even put something together that WordPress can do since 10 years, you know? Yeah. Like, with the platform available right now as we speak, you know, it might change. In and it's not cheap either. If you want to get Axonetics and all that stuff, like $300 a month is quite substantial for what it, it does with the limited integrations and everything that you get. Yeah. So, yeah, with that being said, currently for sure the best funnel platform is Go High Level in my opinion. Well, I'll have to check it out because I'm recently getting into the funnel world and it and I'm just going through this and I just had my first payment go through uh, with ClickFunnels. <clears throat> and I, I told you before we hopped on, I did 2.0 and I didn't even know how to operate it. I was like, well, the, where, how do I drag and drop things like I was used to? So I went back to the original platform. But even that, there's like, uh, I get this weird pop-up on my side when my computer goes to it, like it's unsecure. And there's all these like little little bugs, which uh, when I was first starting out, I guess didn't bother me at all. But now that I have to 
maintain a certain brand standard. It's like, I don't know if I absolutely love that. Now, that being said, Russell Brunson is a huge inspiration for me and my business, and I'm sure they're working on it and they'll get it sorted, but uh, I'm going to have to check out Go High Level. And you talked about uh, potentially starting your own SaaS platform using that as well. It, and this is just, this is a new ideas or is this something that you're you're all in on? Yeah, so, you know, we're planning on launching our own SaaS platform for uh, coaches and personal brands because the cool thing with the Go High Level is that it gives you the opportunity to white label. So that's, well, ClickFunnels, I think, will never do that just because their brand is so strong. They don't want it to be diluted. They don't want people to white label stuff and this and that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in a way... There's pros and cons to white label, right? And and to open source platforms like WordPress and things like you can just do your own thing, you know. And yeah. sometimes agency owners like you and I, we just want to do our own thing. Like, just yeah, it. I think stop the- telling me, stop telling me this is not possible. Yeah, you know, if you tell me stuff is not possible, then why use your platform? I'll just go somewhere else then. You know. So for me. Even even Go High Level has like WordPress integration in a way where. Yes, you set up your WordPress account like under Go High Level, and but still, at least you have the ability to create a WordPress site. You can do your blogging and stuff like that on there. You yeah. can still build and stuff like that in Go High Level, and you have this one platform where you access both. So, I mean, it's really not that complicated. No. You just put it finally together. And in, 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 in think... 2023, like just have platforms connect, please. You know, it's like, Listen, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And one kill it off platform. Like there's different strengths to every platform. Maybe yeah. Soon. I think when like if somebody's new to try to like get into a funnel builder, it can be extremely overwhelming because there's a lot of options on the market. So it's great to hear from a professional what your thoughts are and how you're thinking about it and how that ultimately can be uh implemented into their business. Now, as far as uh like on the website side, WordPress hands down. Is that am I getting that that feeling from you? Is that your go to? Hands down for personal brands, hundred uh, um, percent. WordPress is WordPress is a little clunky, you know. Like, but as long as you have like automatic plugin and theme updates activated and the security plugin, you're good to go. You know, and yeah, I think the reason why people keep coming back to WordPress is because it's easy to find other people to hire for. It's easy to yep. like fairly easy to like manage yourself, right? Yep. Two other platforms I recommend is Squarespace and Webflow, but Webflow is more like for a developer. Like we've never built a Webflow site for a coach because once we hand this thing over, they're like, mm-hmm. this please, you know, it's not like Elementor, it's just more developer stuff. You know, people are just yeah. like, oh, I can do this, I can do that. Mm-hmm. The thing is that WordPress, somebody comes to you, can we build this? 100%, no question. Love it. Well, do you ever look at uh, Figma or any of those uh, types of builders? Have you played with that? I, I have not seen it myself. I've Someone has recently sent me a link and I was looking at it and I, he is essentially summed up as Canva for websites. Have you seen this or played with this at all? Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we use Figma daily in our business. Oh, um, it's Figma is a prototyping design software. So it's Almost like Photoshop, you can build static designs. So you can do a little bit of animation in there too if you want to, but usually, you know, you don't because then you take the design and build on the site and then yeah. on the web, build the animation. Um, but yeah, 
it's it's great for designing, layouting, getting approval from clients before you actually go into doing the development work on the site. So that's where it's moving. That's what I was going to ask. How do you implement that and how do you build it out into the platform? Do you just, are you building it from scratch or does it easily transfer over to there? What does that look like? So currently there's no integration for WordPress to be transferred from Figma directly. So you have to build from scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is an integration with Webflow. That's why I mentioned Webflow earlier too, because that's a quite cool development um, where you literally can like create the site, the wireframe in a software, then that wireframe translate into Figma automatic populated text by ChatGPT, which is crazy. Yeah. Into Figma. And from Figma, you can export it to Webflow, which is, you can build a 10 page website in probably three, four hours. Wow. With with written text, with images sourced by open source platforms like Pexels and Unsplash. So what the yeah. future is bringing is really uh, baffling. Um, yeah. at the, the, I mean, in, in three years, I don't think, and I hope we won't be building websites because honestly, human time has better use than building websites. That was going to be my next question. What are your thoughts on AI and the AI websites and do you utilize any of these new platforms? Are you keeping an eye on them? Uh, should other developers be worried about it? What what, do you, what are your takeaways on that? Yeah, so, I mean, right now it's really a, a time of big change and platforms have been released um, in the AI world that are really super, super helpful and speed up your, your process. Uh, we use ChatGPT daily in our, in our operations and also copywriting for clients, et cetera. Um, but there, I mean, there's no website builder yet. That's the one go-to one. Um, but there will be soon. I think by next year, uh, there should be a website builder that just like you tell them what you do. Like I am a coach offering, um, I don't know, content marketing support for people. I do one-on-one. I do group coaching and have a uh, one event per year. Yeah, boom, one click, five pages with copy generated in sixty seconds. Wow. Yeah, I, I can see it. I've seen some try to do that. Uh, I think it's too early still, but it, it just makes sense for a natural uh, progression of, of how we do business and stuff like that. That being said, I'm a big believer in there's still going to be a need for that love that you put into these designs. Yes, you can have this thing spit out a beautiful looking website for you, but is it fully custom? Like there's always going to be that I want to be a little bit different. How do I change that? And there's going to be the human need always, I think, to a certain level, unless it's like built into your computer and you're just able to talk to your AI and be like, change this and it'll do all that for you, which may happen as well. But I always like to think uh, that there's going to be the human need in touch at some point. How do you feel that uh, the website design industry is going to be impacted by AI and that stuff? Have you thought about that at all? I think it's the same as every industry. Yeah. You know? Um, all the more rudimentary your skill, the more likely it is you're going to be eradicated or replaced by AI. Yeah. So, you know, yes, human design or intervention will still be necessary, but not on a base level. If you look any, like the more basic your website and your business, the easier it is to build with AI. Like any type of local business can build their website in probably one click in one year. Like you don't need this because... They don't care about, ooh, it needs to be like a fancy um, triangle pattern on top of my image. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just 
please, you know, build me a landscaping website, five pages with a blog page, boom, done. You know? Good enough. <laughs> Where there's more of a design need, yes, there might still be human assistance needed. But then obviously in probably three years, you're going to be like, everything is just going to be input and output by AI. Yeah, that that's crazy. And watch the development of AI. I was recently interviewed as um, an AI expert for this book that's coming out. And I, I am far from an AI expert. I, he's like, do you use it every day? I said, yes, I use it every day. He's like, well, you're an expert. Come have a conversation. So we started talking uh, about AI and the impacts that I think it will have on our industry. I think it's just going to make everybody better. Do you know what I mean? And then that free time that you have, you yeah. can go out into the world and do as you please, man. And uh, which is powerful. And then you can spend more time dealing with uh, your spiritual side and or creative side and really create good things. Uh, I find that what AI is really good at is is coming up with a lot of ideas. That's how I kind of use it is like, I will know what I, what the output looks like before I start. I don't have the all the words. I don't have everything together, but I have a general idea of what it should look like. And then I'll use AI to kind of produce those ideas. Or I'll give it my idea and then just bounce ideas back and forth. And I thought that was a unique uh, use case for it because according to the gentleman that I met with, he had, he had interviewed like 30 people and they'd never used it that way. So when I wrote my book, Direct Response Secrets, I, I had this idea of market in motion and it was, it, it's very simply explained in the book. It's like, it's a chapter, but it's a beast of an idea. And I had it in my head for like 10 years and I was always trying to figure it out. I put it in the chat GTP and in like fractions of a second, it's like, oh, you should explain it like this. And I was like, wow, I wrote in 10 paragraphs and you spit it <laughs> one paragraph and it was very concise and it was straight to the point. So I'm just blown away by AI and, and how that's working. Um, when you think of your business right now, where you're at, how do you look at work-life balance? How do you spend, what does a day in a life look like as a designer? Are you working 12 hours a day or are you working two hours a day? What does that look like for you as far as work-life balance is concerned? Yeah, so I work about six hours a day, usually from nine to three. Um, and I have a team in my agency, we're four people. And so a lot of my time now I spent more of being in a creative kind of like director role versus doing the design work. Um, yeah, so, you know, wake up in the morning, do my meditation, do my walk you know, get on a computer, see what's happening for today and uh, direct my team, see where there's input needed. And probably um, the other three hours um, of those six hours are spent seeing what can I build in terms of what's exciting for me to create new, whether that's, you know, okay, right now like I want to start building my personal brand more because I'm really excited with just like interacting with people one-on-one and just being there with them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other idea that I'm currently working on is the SaaS platform. So, yeah, that's great. And I, I like, I'm always like, pinch me. I can't believe we do this for a living because technically we're working right now. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I forget that I'm working. And my goal, uh, for as long as I can remember, is just to get paid to be myself and uh, hang out with great people and, and and add that value. My lifestyle is very similar. I actually don't start until a little bit later. So I start usually at like 11. I got 11 to 5. And I, 
it's absolutely insane. And I don't even have a team anymore. It's just myself and my wife. And we prefer it that way. Uh, I had a very large team when I was running profitable ads. And I found that I was in all of these meetings all of this, all the time doing all these things I didn't want to do. So I really shut everything down. A very successful business to then rebuild this next version of of what I'm building. And I don't regret it one bit. It's It's been quite a ride. I do meet with a lot of entrepreneurs and there's this like myth about work-life balance. People are struggling with it. Have you seen this with like your employees? How do you deal with handling your employees and work-life balance? Are you super flexible and you let them go or are you rigid? What does that look like for you inside of your agency? Uh, I think it's it's a, it's a balance in the work-life balance. You know what I mean? Sometimes you need to be yeah. flexible. Sometimes you need to be rigid because if you get too loosey, then you know performance just drops and you don't get stuff done. Yeah. You know? But of course, you know if you see okay, this guy has worked super hard this week. Um, let's just give him a day off or half a day off. Yeah, why not? You know. Yeah. So I, mean, I would say determine that on an individual basis. But yeah, well, well, human. You know, there's no need to. I don't know. I find myself as an entrepreneur, like when I'm on and I'm in that zone of creative, like I will, I could work until the wee hours of the morning, but it doesn't feel like work to me. You know, um, I, I don't work past five because I'm a family guy. So I, I do prioritize that time. But after the kids go to bed, if I'm excited about something, like you cannot keep me away from the project. Like you would literally have to like throw away my computer and I'd still figure out a way to do it on my phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not totally. I'm, I'm the same way. It's super exciting just because we do what we love, you know? And it, yeah. it's, it's a privilege and I'm very grateful to being in that boat. And even, honestly, like if the, it wasn't our passion, we probably couldn't do it, you know? Why would you sit down at eight o'clock again to yeah. do something we don't like? I mean, that's... that's and, and so, and I've had that before though. That, so when I worked for a very large agency, I would literally you'd be bringing your work home. And I listen to Jim Rohn a lot. And he's like, when you're at the beach, be at the beach. When you're at the office, be at the office. And so I literally took that to heart. And I'm like, I'm literally bringing the office to the beach with me. I don't want to do that. I want to sit here and I want to play and I want to be uh, present and I want to build something great. I think that if it feels good, work-life balance doesn't necessarily matter as long as everybody else in your life is okay with that. And there's seasons too, right? Like there's there's hard work seasons. There's easy breezy seasons as well. So it's kind of, uh, it really depends where you're at in that, that whole mix. Uh, one thing, one thing I want to yeah. add there. Sure. Just, like one thing that excites me is to work with other people, like in person, mm-hmm. you know, imagine if you and I sit down and just crack out, uh, really crazy. like what we work on your stuff, we work on my stuff. Like, I feel like this shared experience of creating something together is something that like brings a lot of joy to me. Same. And I think because of the pandemic and because of all of these restrictions that were in place and because everybody's remote, there's this huge need for it. And that's why I'm actually creating a live event to bring people together. And it, it's going to be a chill setting, no photo acting live level. I don't think I could pack it out anyways like they can, but I, uh, you were talking about something earlier uh, about design and you were saying that uh, everybody has to kind of go their own way. And one thing I wanted to add to that is like success is that way too. Like I could give you an absolute blueprint on how to be successful, but if it doesn't jive with you as a human being, 
and does it doesn't work for you 100%, you're going to struggle to implement that. Um, and so I'm thinking about that with my business and, and with my event, it's going to be different because I'm different. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if you would have saw me five years ago, I was so rigid in my thinking. No, Russell Brunson says it needs to be like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's so silly. Uh, but I thought I was doing the best that I, I, I was probably doing the best I could at that time. So it's like being able to just kind of take that weight off and be creative. And that's what makes it fun. Exactly. Like when you're doing your designs and you're talking about building this platform and you're doing these, like, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it comes back to. It's like, how do you spend your time on planet earth? It yes. Is. Yeah. You can do all the right things, but if you're yeah. not having fun doing it, it's like, and you're doing the right things in form and you're making money and you're super successful. And yeah, how, how can you do those things? Be successful in that form. Yeah. There's that. And then, uh, that's when it comes back to discovering you. That's what we're percent your, your zone of genius. I was going to talk about uh, Guy Hendricks. Uh, I think it's called The Big Leap. Have you read this book? No. No, beautiful. It's a beautiful book. It talks about how he essentially uh, had this very successful business, didn't love it, but always had this need and want to write. So he started just like, moving his whole life around this idea of writing on a regular basis. He wrote a book, he got featured on Oprah. And this is somebody who was like not successful before, like not like I'm sure he was successful in his own right, but not like superstardom uh, as far as an author's concerned. But he positioned his life around this zone of genius and he was able to really grow and build upon that. And I like to think of myself that way. Right now I'm in my zone of genius, asking you questions, hanging in here, talking. It, it doesn't feel like work. And so that's why I got to keep looking at the time to make sure to be respectful for your time because I could do this all day. It feels absolutely great. And when you have that in your business, you can, it's freedom. It, it's absolute freedom because I've had the other side of that where I'm making lots of money, but I'm in a lot of things that I don't love doing. And it feels the opposite. It feels like prison almost, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it really, that's what it comes back to because we're human beings. We value freedom. Yes. 100%. All right. So I got a couple more questions for you. I wanted to touch on SEO and content first, and then maybe you can leave us with like one big one. And then I got a rapid fire uh, questions for you. Okay. How important is SEO to your design process? Do you think about SEO? And I guess it would differ between funnel and website. How do you look at SEO and is it still relevant today? I would say 100% SEO is relevant, but it depends on your niche. You know, we have a lot of coaches and personal brands that don't care about SEO a single bit. Mm -hmm. um, and we have some coaches and, and personal brands that care about SEO and, and we do it. You know, it's just like a way of like, is this how you want to acquire traffic and what do you want to rank for? Um, and for personal brands, sometimes they change so much. You know, like, you know, two years ago, I'm a yoga teacher and now I'm a plant medicine facilitator. So it changes a little bit of the year. So it might not be worth it doing SEO, you know, but I would say for any established business or personal brand or author that wants to dominate a certain niche, SEO is still a fantastic game to play in. I, I love it. And I agree. So our ProfitableAds.com, even though we're not actively taking on clients to run your ads, we're ranking for so many amazing keywords. 
and that brings in new conversations daily to my business. And, and I'm a paid ads guy through and through. I love running paid advertising. The, what I like about paid advertising is that it's it, it is more expensive long term, but it is uh, it's an instant result when you have something that works, and it gives you that control to kind of turn it on and off. SEO is that long game I see that you're always trying to play and you're always improving and adding content. There's nothing more powerful than having a meeting with a prospect, them hopping off the call, Googling you and your brand, and then finding these amazing articles um, that just showcase your expertise or a podcast or something like that. Like that has probably closed more deals for me than I, I even care to think about. And what I noticed when you have great SEO and you're doing well on Google is that your your Facebook ads do better as well. Because anytime somebody takes a second to stop and be like, all right, can I trust this person? I don't know him yet. What else do they have out there? And then they're finding this world of content. I find it super exciting. I've noticed recently you're creating a lot more content. Do you want to share a little bit about that? And how's that process been implementing into the agency? I know you're doing a lot of the short form stuff. I'm seeing it every day. I'm liking it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I recently started posting uh, daily shorts, um, just for me to get used to the camera. Um, because in the beginning, it's kind of like an odd process, but I love the camera, so I'm kind of quite natural uh, with it, and I love it. You know, I think it really gives a lot of value online because nobody cares, nobody wants to like see you and watch you a minute or two. Like, just yeah, they want to get the information they need in like 30 60 seconds maximum and then if they like more you know you're always around they can message you they can go to your website they can do this they can do that but just initiating that conversation and uh positioning yourself as um a credible source of information whatever that information is like i also do a lot of spiritual content and it's like work life balance and like guys what are we doing here like why yeah the hustle is like I don't know. Like, I haven't met many people who love to hustle. Well, still, a lot of people do it, you know, but it's just not in my field anymore. Yeah. You know, because it's just not what I'm here for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm no. here to... And you don't need to do it. <laughs> I can... If I if I create something really exciting for myself, yeah. I hustle naturally. Then mm -hmm. Again, I sit down at 8 o'clock at night after bringing a little one to sleep and like, yo, it's time for this one, you know? Yep. So, but that comes naturally. You know, there's no... There's no force. Like if you a lot of times people think they need to like force things out of them. Yes. And nobody doesn't feel that great. I am I'm a perfect example of that. I used to be try like uh we'd be doing like cold outreach or something, for example. We gotta send uh hundred outreaches a day and we're doing all these different things, doing all these different things. And yeah, I would get some business from it, but in the exact same time, I would get like double uh, in referrals and they would be coming in naturally. So even if I didn't do that, they still would be coming to me. I My content is working for me 24 hours a day. I have that leverage. I love the podcast because if somebody is intrigued by your short form, they have that tunnel to go down with you very deep, really fast, and they feel like they know you. Um, and what I deal with a lot, and especially having the book and the podcast, which is kind of newer to me, is that People know most of my stories. They know I don't have to explain these things to them when we're going to sit down. And so I have to like stop myself of like trying to sell myself because I've already been sold. And I think that's what great marketing is. And uh, they already trust you and you're already providing that transformation for them. So it's like, well, let's talk about what really matters. And, and we were talking about this yesterday. It's like, 
what does success look like to you? And when you understand that and who you're trying to help, that's that's the corner of all your marketing. That is, that's your content, that's your messaging, that, that's everything when you understand what's important to the individual that you're trying to serve. And what it does for you as a business owner is it absolutely frees you up. I don't have to think about 40 different things. I can really just think, who is this person? What are they working on? How are they struggling? How can I actually be of value? Wow, what a concept, eh? <laughs> like it changes everything. Um, but yeah, I could I could go on a tangent on that, man, because I think about that quite often and knowing who you serve and, and doing your best to do so is, is just advantageous for everybody. So I have a little rapid fire for you and then we'll wrap up and then I'll make sure to leave all your links and you can kind of give a little outro if you want and, and tell everybody where they can find you. Um, but uh, let's get into a drum roll. Mac or PC? Mac. Oh, nice. Uh, favorite design tool? Photoshop. Mm -hmm. Classic. Love it. Uh, one book that changed your life? The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Great book. Uh, morning person or night owl? Morning person. Nice. Coffee or tea? 100% tea. <laughs> One piece of advice that you could give to an aspiring entrepreneur? Just start. Everything else will fall into place. Man, Christian, that is beautiful, buddy. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Tell everybody where they can find you, what you're working on. You've got your agency. you got the design tools. What's the best way to connect with you? Absolutely. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram under my full name, which is Christian Maura, M-A-U-E-R-E-R. -E -E uh, and you can find my agency at lovepixelagency.com. And the ClickFunnels Design Hacks you can find at cfdesignhacks.com. And we're also launching Go High Level Design Hacks because um, we're very passionate about that platform. So that's going to be GHL Design Hacks. It's launching on Friday, actually. So Oh, man. Well, get us the link. We'll promote it for you, man. We'll get it out to the audience and, and hopefully get your first signups. Awesome. Let's go. Yes, go. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you. Bye for now. Bye. Now, wow, uh, literally that conversation for me was so natural and so fluid. It's really great to have her on a great guest. It makes my job so easy. Now, you may be thinking like, okay, you guys talked about a little bit, a mix of things, but just think about the core ideas of this episode. We talked about love and having self-respect for yourself and understanding what that means in your business. Uh, there's so many times and there's a thousand ways to make money. It's not always as easy as it is of just like running out there and, and building whatever it is that you think will make money. You're going to end up with something that you don't like and you don't enjoy. And Christian and I touch on that. We talk about design and the important tools that you can be implementing into your business. If you're thinking about what website you're building, what funnel you're going to be building, Ultimately, this ties into direct response because design is a crucial aspect of everyday business, especially online. You got to look good and feel good. And uh, that's what we talk about. I appreciate you. And if you like this episode, please take a second and write, rate this and subscribe wherever you're listening to. I appreciate it. It allows me to bring on bigger and better guests for you. 
Um, bringing this is an absolute pleasure, and uh, I love this opportunity, and this is my zone of genius, and I like bringing this type of content to you. So I'll talk to you in the next one. Peace!